Whoa! What is up, everybody? Welcome out to the end wrap up with the Game Time Guru. I'm flying solo today as Miles is on his way to Orlando, Florida for a work event. Uh, he'll be back in a couple of weeks, so hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, we can get him on here for another show. Um, I'm going to be flying solo for the next few weeks doing this, but I have a couple things I want to talk about. First, let's start off with March Madness. Best weekend of the year, Thursday through Sunday, nonstop basketball. We've got upsets, great games, buzzer beaters, everything you want to want to see in basketball. Obviously, it all happens every year, but this weekend was no different, and there were some really cool storylines. Let's start off with the obvious. Number one, Virginia going down to UM. BC, the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, uh, takes down the number one overall seed. The first time in the history that a 16 seed took out a number one seed. Um, and it was not only just a, it wasn't a win, it was a beatdown, an epic beatdown. And I happened to be on Twitter during that. If you haven't followed me on Twitter, go and do so at the Game Time Guru. Um, just follow me there. I was tweeting out all the updates for that. I'm, I was beyond ecstatic when I was watching this game. So I didn't actually catch this game until it was the second half, okay? Because like most people, I didn't expect it to even be close, especially in the second half. But I'm scrolling through my app, my NCAA app that I usually watch the games on. And I believe I was watching Syracuse play at the time and uh, doing some other things on the computer, just like I think I was actually researching for this podcast, to be honest with you. And uh, I'm looking through... And I see that UMBC was up by seven, and the second half had been, you know, about three minutes into the second half. And I'm like, ooh, that could be interesting to watch. So I turned to the game. UMBC was hitting every shot and playing with as much energy as I've ever seen anyone play with. They were just flying around, hucking up threes that I probably don't think anyone would ever take in a normal game, but they knew that's the only way they could win, and they did it. Um, what an amazing way to to watch that happen and, and, and see, like, history obviously was made. So to be able to witness that um, and then also just to, to watch the aftermath of everything. You know, you obviously have the UMBC uh, Twitter page that just blew up. Like, they, they gained so, like, millions and millions of followers that night. Um, all of a sudden, they're like the talk of the town. Uh, which might be exactly what that school needed for funding. Who knows? You know, you might have sponsorship opportunities later on. What a cool thing sports is. Like, it, it brings so much attention and publicity to your uh, to your school, uh, to a school that's very, very small. And what I love about that, that game is you can see the athleticism difference between UMBC and Virginia. Totally different when it comes to athleticism because, you know, you've got a, a top – program in the country compared to you know just this little what we would say peon and you can tell they're not as big they're not as fast they're not as strong but uh like virginia's coach said good basketball knows no divisions limits or qualities and uh umbc proved that it was cool to watch um and speaking of the coach for virginia what a stud uh what a way to handle uh the historic loss right he goes into the press conference and handles it with class and that's exactly what last week's episode on my podcast if you haven't checked it out go do it with Derek Etzel talking about coaching and the art of it uh, we didn't necessarily talk about handling losses but we did talk about you know what it takes to be a coach and be a good one at that and I'll tell you this Virginia's coach 
you know, you have to handle the, the losses just like the players do, but you got to handle it with class and set the example, and he did exactly that. Um, so that was pretty cool to watch. But that was such an amazing game. Now, one other thing I wanted to bring up was this Michigan and Houston game. If you guys didn't catch this, this was the late night, Saturday night game. Um, Houston had an opportunity to seal this game. Okay. Yeah, they get so the, so they're up by two, and Michigan goes in to try to tie it and miss a layup, and Houston gets fouled with like three seconds left to go in the game, and they're shooting, they're in the double bonus, and they're shooting two shots, and he misses both free throws, which in essence turns out to be the deciding factor because Michigan inbounds the ball, comes down, shoots a mirror three, uh, got right in his face. I don't know how he even got the ball off and got it online, but he shoots a miracle three and it goes in at the buzzer. They end up winning by one. This is where I say, man, like that's devastating for Houston who had the game sealed. Uh, it was in the bag. I hate Michigan, but I kind of root for their basketball team sometimes. Um, I don't I don't hate them like most Ohio State fans hate them as far as basketball is concerned. Like, obviously, football, I'll root for them if they're not playing Ohio State. So I'm like, I'm not the same as most Ohio State fans in that sense because I didn't grow up there. So I don't get the sense of the hatred as much as those guys do. But I was happy for Michigan, but I was devastated for Houston. And that's another reason I always want to say make your free throws. My uncle always taught me that. Uh, it's the easiest shot in the world. Nobody's guarding you. You should never miss it. It's like shoot around. Uh, free throws, free throws, free throws, and they didn't make the free throws, you know what I mean? So that was tough, uh, tough loss for Houston, but it was crazy to see them go forward. Michigan just crushed it. And then the only other team I want to talk about right now is Syracuse uh, making the Sweet 16. I picked them to get to the Sweet 16, and I'm glad I did because I always just have this feeling that Syracuse in the tournament, there there's certain teams that are tournament teams and certain teams that aren't. And for some reason, Syracuse always kind of makes that, like, run. You know what I mean? They always kind of make it tough because that zone defense can throw teams off. You know, like, you you have a team that relies on, like, dishing it down in the post. Well, when you play a team that only plays the 2-3 zone on defense – you are not going to be able to run your normal offense. So you have to figure something out. So, I mean, obviously good teams will figure it out with good coaching, and they'll come up with a game plan to, to get the ball in their playmakers' hands. But you're not going to have your traditional, uh, let me post you up on the block and make a move with two dribbles and get to the bucket. It's not going to be like that. You're going to have to dish it to the high post, which then it's a lot of face-up for the post. The posts have to face up rather than backing down, and it, it's it's tough. So... Syracuse always causes matchup problems for some reason, and um, yeah, they they got it they got it done. They got the job done, and they are in the Sweet 16. And I am curious to see how Duke handles it um, if they can get past them. I think they will. They see them all the time, so I think they'll be okay. But I'm excited for Syracuse, and if they can make the upset, then um, we're looking at a team that's kind of scary, man. They they are uh, they always represent. No, it doesn't matter what seed they are in the tournament. They always represent. Now, guys, to finish up the weekend wrap-up, if you haven't caught the Western Conference playoff race in the National Basketball Association, guys, you have to check this out. So seven days ago, the Utah Jazz were in 10th place. As of Saturday night, they were in 5th place because they owned the tiebreaker with the T-Wolves and the Pelicans when they were all tied. I think, 
Uh, Pelicans might have jumped them right now after last night. I haven't actually checked the the standings, but before you even hear this, it could change again. Who knows? Anyways, it uh, it's just a crazy race because everybody from the the fourth seed onto the tenth seed are within a game and a half of each other, and it's just a crazy playoff race, and it can change within seven days. That's why it's essential that you win the games that you're supposed to win. Uh, and the Jazz are doing that right now. Uh, they're on fire. But I want to say this. I'm excited for the Jazz if they can make it into the playoffs because they're playing very good basketball right now, very good team-oriented basketball and great defense, great Quinn Snyder defense on uh, on all their their games. They're, like Rudy Gobert is obviously their anchor, but Rubio is playing well. Favors is playing well. Mitchell is, is a stud. Uh, the Jazz, look out for them. Outside of the Trailblazers, I honestly believe the Jazz are the dark horse in the Western Conference. Most people say, you know, nobody's going to beat Houston. No one's going to beat Golden State. Um, I think there's a couple teams that could give them a little bit of a, a run for their money. Um, at least make it tough on them. And those are the types of teams, those defensive teams can make it tough for them. Um, and make it interesting but keep an eye on the western conference playoff race it's going to be a fun one this week's going to be exciting in sports guys we've got the nfl free agency you guys know what's going on there uh follow me on youtube i don't have a lot of subscribers on youtube but i will be posting uh videos just quick recaps of my own thoughts in the sports world so so follow me there if you want to get some more interaction uh follow me on twitter instagram facebook anywhere you want this is the weekend wrap up we'll talk Friday, we got a good episode coming on the Game Time Guru. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, and uh, we'll see you soon.